0: Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show and a podcast for fans of music in general, as well as a podcast for singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who are working hard to try to advance their career. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Entertainment. Make sure you're checking out www.nhte.net. We are thrilled to be on Google Play Music, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Thrilled to have gotten listeners from 124 countries around the world and very exciting to be here for an on-location edition of NHTE, coming to you from the Anaheim Convention Center, the scene of the Winter 2017 Nam show, and specifically at the TASCAM booth. And on this episode in particular, we are very crowded up on stage as there are three guests joining me, Rick Allen, Robert Dudzik, and Rick Beers. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks Thank a lot, you, man. Now let me get two pronunciations out of the way, because when you have a long last name like Wozniak, you're very sensitive to people saying <laughs> your last name wrong, so Dudzik and Beers, did I say those correctly? That's correct. That is correct. Close and you enough. say your last name, you're supposed to say Wozniak. Wozniak? Oh. Wozniak. Yes. That's Polish last name. So it's fitting that we're doing this from the TASCAM booth, because obviously uh, this is the TASCAM family up here. Um, Rick Allen, let's start with you. Um, Cascam products have certainly helped in your work. How?
1: Absolutely. Uh, the, the interesting thing is just a lot of the different uh, models of their digital recorders has really helped in my my going out in my quest to find new sounds for sound design and, and sound effects. Um, it, it's uh, it just allows the mobility uh, and the high quality. The HS P eighty two. We used that on location just the other day to record tons of explosions and gunshots, and that worked very well. And yet you can also use the, uh, the DR100, which is the small handheld, uh, to record a lot of ambience and that sort of thing, so really cool. And for the
0: listeners of this show who are saying this is a little different, you're correct. Um, <laughs> go back to episode 55 when my guest was Roy Yokelson, who maybe some of the three of you may know. Roy Yokelson is a Emmy award-winning sound designer uh, based in the New Jersey area. And as I said on a previous episode of Now here, This Entertainment that we did hear from the Cam booth at the NAM show when the guests were from the Phantasmic Ghost Hunters, we do stray once in a while. I talked on that episode about the fact that we had Mike E. Winfield, uh, who does cop comedy. We had Carly Perez, who's a former WWE diva. So uh, bringing you something a little unique here today at the NAM show and the Cam booth in particular. Uh, but we can go to, to the others as well. Uh, Rick Veers, uh, Task Cam, in, in your life, and your professional career,
2: uh, yes. The answer would be yes. Uh, simply, and I'll explain it like this. Um, as soon as I control the feedback with my mind. We'll give it a minute, folks. We're there. Everybody give a hand to Robbie, who's doing a fantastic job over there. He's all over it. Um, to ask him? yeah, the answer is yes, because here's why. My very first recorder was a four-track cassette recorder, which you guys have mounted on the wall in the booth. <laughs> so that, that was my introduction. And then I graduated from that to a DAT recorder, the DAP-1, which, by the way, is my very first uh, DAT recorder that I've ever recorded sound effects with. And that is now in the Hall of Fame down in Orlando, at wow. Full Sail, along ah. with my very first microphone and my noise maker, the original sledgehammer that I used to smash all that stuff. <laughs> and then from there, obviously, we progressed progressed. Um, and now, uh, along with the DR40, I should mention the DR40, because I never leave home without it. Um, in fact, just yesterday in my hotel room, I had an air conditioning unit that didn't want to cooperate with me. And rather than getting frustrated with it, I'm like, you know what, go ahead and not cooperate. And I'm going to go ahead and record you not cooperating. Wow. And I swear to you, it sounds like the, the Millennium Falcon I'm trying to start with <laughs> this winding up sound. But now I'm at a point where, so the, they've been in my, my life from the beginning, but now I'm able to give those units away to my interns because Tascam has been sponsoring my web series, so now, not only have they helped me, but now I'm able to use them to help other kids. Very so. good, very good. And uh, Robert, uh, your use
0: of Tascam. Yeah, Tascam was, played a big part of my life.
3: I started using Tascam back maybe 16 or seventy years ago when I got my first Tascam Dat Recorder. And uh, that was the beginning. After I get my first DR680, and there was the multitrack, and that's completely changed my life. I, I was able to record like multi track recording in very assembly, very easy, quick in time, and then I find out they make DR680 Mark II. It's even better, you know, so I just keep using, I, I don't know why, it's just something about this. it's very easy, affordable, great quality of the sound, very easy to
0: set up, and I, I just stick with it. Like, it works for me. So there are probably listeners who wonder how does someone get into a field like this and you mentioned your first, and interestingly enough, uh, your first job doing production at a radio station led to what you do now, right?
3: Yeah, that was correct. You know, I started, like anyone else, you know, I have a dream and I started working the radio and I was doing for for free, for years, just because I love what to do and I was never thinking about money, but whatever I was doing sounds, after the production, there was never there was something missing in the sounds, so I decide just to go on my own and record the sounds, and try and make my own sounds, and then I use the task of recording this stuff, like creating the sounds, and one day somebody observed this thing, and they find out me. I say, hey, why don't you start making money of this? Actually, I say, what are you talking about? I say, you can sell, making the money by making the sounds. I say, okay. So the Tascam, the 680, leave me, and a production to the stage where I am today, when I stay making sounds just for making fun. And be honest with you, sometimes I pinch myself because I can not believe. What I'm doing, I'm getting paid pretty much for play. And I play with this noise and it's just it's an incredible feeling because it's hard to even call the job if you do what you love to do.
2: You know, so it's 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 pretty exciting. If I could just chime in here, I think it's amazing what Robert's doing because every single one of us up on stage, including all the listeners, has probably realistically at one point in the past year heard Robert's work with all of the stuff that he's doing on all the movie trailers. So He's using the products and it's going out to the masses and we've all heard his work before we even got a chance to meet him in person. And
0: Rick Allen, uh, Rick Veers was telling the story about the air conditioner and saying, I hope you don't work because I want to record this. Um, wh- what are some of the strangest sessions that, that you've done to capture some unique sounds?
1: Well, what, One of the fun ones that just happened recently was uh, when Tascam just came out with the, uh, the dr 10 shotgun, which is a self-contained recorder uh, shotgun microphone. I, I just had a strange idea, and I think all three of us up here will admit that our minds work a little differently than normal people. <laughs> amen, amen and, brother. And so what, what we thought of, but just I had an idea to um, a shotgun, and I was about to do a uh, recording session for ammunition, and so I had a Mossberg sh- 12-gauge shotgun, and I thought shotgun microphone... Let's try this. So I actually hose clamped the uh, the the Tascam shotgun microphone to the end of the Mossberg 12-gauge shotgun, <laughs> and really expected it was it was we, we videoed it, it, it. I thought it would be more of a joke than anything else. But one of the things that absolutely surprised me was the uh, the impact of the of the shotgun actually flew the mic blown up in the air and off and off. And I thought, okay, that's funny, haha. Uh-huh. And when I got home to the studio and downloaded the sounds. It was awesome, it didn't overload at all, it actually... Well, you know what,
3: I, I, when I saw the picture, I go, are you serious? And this is just like a photo stage, because who's putting <laughs> microphones on the it, rifle when he's shooting the gun? I say, it just doesn't make any sense. No. But now what you say, I really want to hear yeah, this sound. It, was, it, was, it
1: was started out as a joke, and ended up as, as, as I, went, I I had to call the guys at Task. i going, okay, surprise endorsement, you know. <laughs> this, this I, I think, you really know, good. we can
3: all agree with, all of the coolest, crazy sounds come,
1: by accidents when we unexpected. Well, uh, in fact, one of, one of the funnest experiences uh, was actually a recording uh, a gentleman that had taken an acetylene torch tank uh, and cut it in half, and that happens to be the exact diameter inside of a bowling ball. So mm-hmm. dropping black powder, diesel fuel, and uh, drilling a fuse into this cylinder, then dropping a bowling ball into this thing, and firing this thing off, watching it go a football field up in the air. Wow. Awesome sound, but it was hard to get all, all the folks that were helping me at the time to stop throwing out some expletive deleted <laughs> because, because it made such an impact. So, but we got some great sounds with that. So, it, I mean, it, 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 the beauty of having the new technology of digital recording and, and as compacted as it is, is that we can capture those magic moments.
0: Okay, so then two follow-up questions. One is, is, is that video that you talked about with the shotgun, is that on YouTube? Is that somewhere where the listeners can go look for it? And, and then second question is the same thing with, with the bowling ball. Yes. So is I,
1: there a video of that? Actually, uh, both on my website. So, yeah, yeah.
0: And that's, and that's a perfect opportunity for me to say that I am Bruce Wozniak and we are at the Task camp at the NAM show in Anaheim, California and you can check out www.nhte.net for prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment and then for these gentlemen my guests are Rick Allen, Robert Dudzik and Rick Beers they all have certainly websites that you can check out RickAllenCreative.com. RobertDudzik.com, D-U-D-Z-I-C, and then RickViers.com. His first name is R-I-C, last name is V-I-E-R-S. So RickAllenCreative.com, RobertDudzik.com, RickViers.com. Rick Allen is also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Robert Dudzik, you can find him on Facebook, and for Rick Viers, also check out MWP.com, publisher's website. Uh, Rick Beers, you are the owner of SoundEffects.com author of the sound effects bible and the location sound bible and the founder of blastwave fx one of the world's leading sound effects publishers and i am officially out of breath with a you forgot to add avid kiss fan (laughs) Uh, all those different hats and and then on top of it the world's largest producer of professional sound effects libraries this sounds like an approximation around number 666 plus products (laughs) offered to date
2: Correct, I think now it's closer to 670. Actually, last year, on Halloween, we released number 666. Lucky 666 was released. It was Haunted FX, and uh, it was um, 666 scary and um, haunting sound effects. Uh, Rick Allen, you know...
0: Y'all are getting along swimmingly up here, as they say, Um, and and it's uh, a healthy competition, uh, in in my opinion, because technically you are sitting amongst your competitors, but it also seems like such a fraternity, such a brotherhood, yes?
1: It absolutely is. We were actually talking about this. It's a business that there are so many people in the business that when you get to a level where you feel comfortable with what you're doing and you feel proud of what you're doing, there really isn't that... Somebody else. You have to knock somebody else off in order to be successful. So in fact, actually, I mean, it's it's kind of it's an interesting story here. Robert and I have helped each other over the years. When Robert first came to the U.S., uh, he, he, he and I worked together right off the bat. In, Rick wanted to sponsor me, and yeah, I actually tried to sponsor him for uh, for citizenship. <laughs> and and then years later, uh, he's you know I get it, I we, we collaborate or or talk, and he he has ideas that I would have never thought of that he shares with me, and vice versa. So, it, it, and and I've admired Rick Beer's work for years, and I, it, I'm excited because actually this NAMM show is the first chance. That vote, actually got to sit down and talk, and, uh, you know, I I got a feeling
2: besides professional relationship, I don't don't want to speak for him, but I consider him a friend now. Oh, yeah, (laughs) no, no. Yeah, well, we were talking just yesterday at lunch, and I think the, the competition for me, and he agreed when I said this, was I look at it like this. The industry is a giant sandbox and I think there's plenty of sand for everybody to make their own sandcastle provided that nobody's throwing sand at each other. So if everybody can learn to play along well, what we do is we start creating all these sandcastles and then people that are passing by look and go, oh, look at that group of sandcastles. Now I'm interested. Versus if there was only one person in the sandbox, we might not draw as much attention to what we do. But being that there's so many of us now, now we're starting to make enough noise together that we're starting to raise awareness to, hey, you can make your stuff Sound better if you follow these simple tricks.
0: And wouldn't you say, Rick Beers, that at the same time, having this sandbox, having this healthy competition, is making you better at what you do?
2: Oh, absolutely. Because I can, I can sit down with these guys. There's no competition. We're not, you know, uh, you know, we're not competing. So I can say, hey, what are some tricks that you've got? And you know what? Let me share something with you, and then we become better by collaborating. Reading Rick's, uh, Rick's book, the Sound
1: Bible, the, the Sound Effects Bible, that. I picked up so many, it reinforced things I already knew, but it also gave me a lot of tricks that I didn't have to learn and make mistakes along the way. He saved me a lot of, a <laughs> yeah, lot of trouble. Because I him. made all oh. the mistakes yeah. for you, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> but, and, and actually, I mean, it's when when in my mind, com, my main competitor is me. I want to out, I'm, I nice. I, think, I think we're all, I yes. I'll, I'll say, I'm insecure enough where I always want to do better, because I always think <laughs> if I don't do better, and next time, everyone's gonna point to me and go, you suck, <laughs> so, yep. so I'm always trying trying to outdo myself and so I'm 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 my own competitor Robert uh, Rick beers
0: said uh, you left out big kiss fan um, you yourself and I think this will kind of help give the listeners a little bit more insight as to the, the behind the scenes you know the, the inner workings you are a producer engineer and studio musician you've spent the last 15 years designing and composing music and sound effects so um, that that producing engineering studio musician background yeah. is obviously contributing to your your main vocation.
3: Yeah, absolutely. i be honest with you, like when I came to America, I was as a drummer, musician. And my dream was to play drums and go on tour. I quickly realized that musicians on my level, there's like 10,000 in America. So I want to find something different. So I come with the idea then I can apply my musical scale to something different and use like in the sound design. So I started playing with sound design and it just... just it's just, applying this why my sons maybe, this is why they work because they have the musical feel and rhythmic heart, you know, because as a drummer and this is probably why it's worked for so many people, especially like in the trailer industry because the rhythmic, the punching, you have a lot of drums, a lot of effects, and I don't know, probably probably this why it's working, you know, and, and maybe because I'm breaking all the rules for certain music,
0: this is why it's them unique. Uh, Rick Veers, we have a lot of guests on the show who are singer-songwriters, they're making music videos, or they're just flat out having their performances filmed live, Uh, but you did a a YouTube uh, reality series about the interns at your studio. Is is that a different part of what you do, meaning thinking, okay, wait a minute, now I have to be, uh, I'll say, a a show director, a show producer, and I have to think about, can I get traffic to YouTube? Otherwise, why am I putting all this time into this instead of my main foray? Well, I've
2: learned over the years that apparently I'm addicted to stress. (laughs) So when when things are going well, I'm like, you know, I should probably add a little bit more to the mix. Um, But no, for me... It's all about doing five things at the same time, but only putting forth the effort to do one. So, what I like to do is, when I'm shooting the reality show, what I'm doing is this. I'm documenting what we're doing that I can use for multiple purposes, including and primarily, helping other people see how we do what we do, right? So the people that are reading the books, they can also watch the videos and go, oh, that's how he's doing it. Number two, helps promote my interns. So when they are finished with their internship, they can go to whatever studio and go, look, here's an entire show, you know, 12 wow. episodes of wow. me in the field. This is me working with Rick. And on top of that, the whole time we're shooting the show, I'm actually making a sound effects library. So technically, I'm just working. I got some guy following around watching me work, and I'm working with my interns, and by at the end of the day, I've done three things all at the same time, only putting forth the effort to do the one thing.
0: But hats off to you, because that's, that's tremendously unselfish when you talked about the aspect of this will help my interns going for going
2: forward. So Well, but here's the thing. I mean, i got to be honest. It is being selfish, because I've got to keep the ball rolling. So in order for me to be able to, to get from people, I have to give to people. It's a back and forth, right? So I want to give to them. They give to me, and then I give back, and it becomes a feedback loop, right? And then what happens is they get energized, and when they start their careers 10 years down the road, they're gonna be like, you know what Rick did? I should turn around and go do this for somebody else. And now what happens is when I'm dead and gone, I'm gonna have a series of kids that are gonna be helping out other kids. And then it kind of lives on. Does that make sense? So yeah, the, yeah. The goal is to create feedback that'll last beyond what you said.
1: The glow you see around him is his karma. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rick
2: Allen, it's radiation from the air conditioning (laughs) unit from yesterday.
0: (laughs) Rick Allen and Robert, the two of you, will benefit from the fact that I'm going to ask Rick Veers to go first because we're going to wrap up the show here with uh, a question that will go to each of you because you all have such extensive backgrounds. Um, Rick Veers, in particular, gosh. your location. Sound credits include hundreds of productions for nearly every major television network, Universal Studios, Dateline, Good Morning America, Disney, many others. Is it possible in a career like that to pick out, and I don't even know if it has to be a highlight, but maybe just a favorite story, a favorite project? And, and uh, obviously, like I said, Rick and Robert, I'm going to ask the two of you the same question as well.
2: Um, I think, I love I don't know, I, mean, I can't pick out one I mean, I can give you one, but they're all just kind of like moments, and they're all really cool, and they're all really special. It's kind of like Kind of like an album. Like your life is like an album, and each period or chapter of your life is like a song that goes on the album. So I've got my favorites. I got the hits that I go to, but each one of them kind of represents something that I that I went through. But um, for me, I, I would say the biggest highlight. I would say the biggest highlight of my career so far has been when I had an intern that was with me for seven months. This was almost eight or nine years ago. And I used to take him all the time, right around the corner from, uh, from my place was a movie theater. And we used to sit in the middle of the theater and watch movies. And then at the end of the movie, we'd talk about, you know, what do we think of the sound and this, that, and the other. And when he was finished with his internship, he said, I, I asked him, I said, what can I do to help you get started? Where can I, where, where can I send you and help you get in? And he said, I want to go to Skywalker Ranch. And I looked at him. I'm like, dude, I want to go to Skywalker Ranch. Like, you got to help me. But long story short, um, I, I made a call on his behalf to someone that I know that was there. And long story short, he ended up getting an internship there, which turned into a full time position. He's mm. been there for several years now. Understand. And so here's the moment: I go to watch Star Wars Episode Seven. I'm in the same theater that I used to watch that you know movies with with that kid. Here comes the credits, and there's the Foley editor, and it's his name. Wow. And that wow. was, I was like, I was freaking out. So when I got in the movie, I was like so excited because I was getting ready to text him and go, oh my gosh. And I looked out on my phone and there's like three texts from me. He's like, did you see my name in the credits? Did you see my name in the credits? <laughs> I'm like, yes. Yeah. So to me, it's like, it's when you see what you've, the seed that you've planted in somebody else, when you start to see it bud, that's when you just become alive. That's the electric moment. That's great. That's great. Rick Allen? Same question. Okay, I, I think professionally, I've
1: been doing this for. I've been making money with noises and sounds for forty-two years, and back in the uh, the nineties, I think the, the, the highlight for me was when I signed a ten-year deal with ABC uh, Radio Networks to do uh, eight different uh, production libraries for broadcast stations. Uh, ended up with about twelve hundred stations using my material wow. all around wow. the world. That was that was a. a, a Professional achievement that I was uh, very proud of. Personally, it's it's amazing that um, that the personal highlights don't always jive with the professional highlights because I have fun doing what I do, and some of the stuff that, I've, in fact, recently, what the the location recording, and blowing the stuff up, and and. I was embarrassed to say, I was driving, I was walking the dogs around my neighborhood. One of my neighbors was, uh, was doing some uh, redoing their bathroom and they were, they were actually put out at the curb, for the curbside pickup, their old toilets. Well, I took the dogs back home, got in my truck, drove over to my neighbor's house, and I'm loading used toilets into the back of my truck. To- I'm so glad I don't
2: intern for <laughs> <Yeah>. Rick. <red. laughs>
1: and we took them back to the Foley stage and hit them with sledgehammers. That's. Got, I mean, when I wake up in the morning, and, and I'm going to quote Rick Fierce here for a second. It's like, you know, what's what's the most wonderful thing? I'm going to probably mess up this quote, but waking up in the morning. What's success? Waking up in the morning and doing whatever you want to do. Yep. And and that's what I'm. i I've gotten to a point in my career where. It's it's so wonderful to wake up in the morning and do what I want to do. I that day I wanted to smash toilets. The other, you know, and then one day I just I, we go out into the desert and we're we're shooting sniper rifles and, and blowing up watermelons, and <laughs> I love that. And, and 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 I also have interns in giving back. I think I think I, I have to. Pat Rick on the back because what he does in passing along knowledge and giving other people a hand uh, in, in reaching their dreams is so important, and and, and that's I, I absolutely try to do that when, the best I can. And
0: the uh, and the toilet story is a classic example of one man's junk is another man's treasure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: well, the, the the stuff hit the fan in
0: that. <laughs> <Figuratively>, literally. <laughs> Robert Dudzik, same question. Before
3: I answer, I want to take this one because I will say nothing, but I have to give big credit to Rick Fields for his book Bible Sound Effects, because this is where everything pretty much starts for me, learning all the tricks, all the techniques and the microphones. Because you know, like you you a kid on the block and barely speaking English, starting reading, watching the pictures, you know, like getting the ideas. So his book just opened a lot of minds to me to go record the live sounds, besides what I learned from rig do like digital sounds. So that was one of the pirate things, highlight of my life because they changed my life completely and perspective on the source of the sound. I get understanding from him how important it is to get the source of the sound and how you're gonna get this thing, how you capture it, because we all can listen something, but we all gonna point microphone different way and we're gonna capture the, the different way and now the fun is beginning what you can do with this sound and what I'm getting to the point the highlight of my life right now will be each time I'm up front TV or I'm going to the movie theater and I watch the trailer would come in and I hear this sound and I'm saying I just did this and I did this like a month ago two, two, two months ago and this enormous. Then the second thing, I think, if I'm gonna tell the guy next to me I did this thing, he's gonna say, yeah, right. <laughs> if I'm gonna say somebody, that yeah, I just did this, no. But inside me, I'm sitting, and my wife sitting next to me, because she worked from home, all my kids, and they all know the story of the sound for the wow. here. That's wow. Where from the sound come, because they hear, then the lucky people hear the whole evolution, what's happening to the sun? Sometimes they witness me when I'm record it's like, if I need some, Running water, you know what I mean, or like recording fridge or, or at home like closing door. What are you gonna do? I will just wait. Some recording, and the next time here, and what? Like, yeah, I know how you record this thing. I know what's this thing. So sometimes people will be just freak out, and they will be here actually the sound and hear the story because sometimes when he watch on like the trailer, it's gonna give like. 100 songs, different songs, elements. And each of the songs have different story. And basically, you can, the one trailer, I can sit and write the whole next, like a Bible book of the story of the each song. So for me, it's a highlight of my life, just watching this thing and just believe like, I'm living my dream, you know what I mean? Because I'm getting paid for play and so <laughs> many people enjoy it. Because a lot of times you hear this, and you be like, whoa, it's like, cool, you know what I mean? You feel this thing,
0: it's like, I did this and then was actually like, that was like dropping some bag or something. <laughs> and then your wife can turn to the guy next to her and say, hey, my husband's the one that did that. She's proud of me, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I just get over it because the first time I'm excited, but to be honest with you, sometimes I just pinch
3: myself. Because for a guy like me who come like from a different country and get what I am right now,
0: that's my highlight of my life, because like finally some people take me seriously. Listeners, that will give you a whole new way to watch films and, and trailers now. Guys, this has been great. My thanks to Rick Allen, Robert dudzik and Rick Beers. Check them all out online again, rickallencreative.com. RobertDudzik.com, D-U-D-Z-I-C, and RickViers.com. R-I-C is his first name, and V-I-E-R-S. Rick Allen, Robert Dudzik, Rick Veers. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for us. I'm Bruce Wozniak. This is Now Hear This Entertainment on location at the NAM Show, the Taskam Booth in Anaheim, California. Be sure you're checking us out online at www.nhte.net. Click on the social media icons there to find Now Hear This on Facebook, Twitter. Instagram and YouTube. Be sure you're subscribing to this podcast and tell your friends about it too. We are on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. We'll be back with more on Now Hear This Entertainment. This is our special series of interviews done live on location, and you know about the various outlets where you can hear Now Hear This Entertainment as well as the various social media platforms you can engage with the show through, but I've stepped back into Crystal Blue Sound Studios long enough to tell you about some of the other features around Now Hear This Entertainment. When you're looking for music from any of the guests who appear on Now Hear This Entertainment, or for that matter, anytime you're going to make any kind of purchase from Amazon, period, be sure to go to www.nhte.net and click on the tall Amazon banner to get there, It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it does help with a small return from Amazon to NHTE, which helps keep the show going so you can continue to hear great artist interviews and their original music each week. If you really love the show, wear it. There are NHTE t-shirts and hats available for purchase at nhte.net. It's a fun way to spread the word to others about this podcast. Those of you who are regular listeners to the show know all about the tip I always give out in the middle of each episode talking to up-and-coming performers. That's a segment called Bruce's Bonus, and as much as I'd like you to go back and listen to past episodes of NHTE to try to find all those bonuses, they have all been compiled for you in a concise ebook format, which you can purchase at www.brucesbonusbook.com. I also want to hear your thoughts on the show and chat online with you, as well as get the listeners talking to one another, which is why there is a special Facebook group for NHTE listeners. Look for the NHTE Facebook group icon at nhte.net, or just search on Facebook for the group. It's called NHTE listeners. And we also now have a Patreon for the show. I sincerely appreciate your consideration of an ongoing monthly donation to help support continued production and related expenses of NHTE. There are different levels of giving listed, as well as some neat thank you gifts for doing so. Just go to nhte.net and look for the Patreon button, or go to patreon.com nhte. And of course, Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash nhte. One final note from here at the studio before we resume the live on-location interviews, and that is for you to check out Crystal Blue Sound Studios online. They are located near Tampa, Florida, but in this day and age of online file sharing and cloud storage can help you regardless of where you are. So be sure to visit www.cbpro.net, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. And now back to our special Nam show series. We are back here on Now Hear This Entertainment at the cam booth at the NAM Show in Anaheim, California. I am Bruce Warzniak. Be sure that you are checking us out at www.nhte.net. Subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. We are on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and even TuneIn Radio. I'm thrilled to be joined now by Dave Pensado. who if I read off his entire resume, we'd be out of time and the show would be over <laughs> with. So Dave, thanks for yeah, taking in- the time to come over. Including my... Uh- (laughs) Well, I want to make things clear right out of the gate here, because you've really built up quite something on YouTube known as Pensado's Place, but we want to make sure that we establish here that you are a mix engineer first. Let's not lose sight of that. Well, you know,
4: um, uh, thank you so much for the introduction. Um, I consider myself a musician, um, a failed guitar player. (laughs) Uh, I never thought I was going to be an engineer. I never thought I was going to be good at it. So, I was a guitar player for the first 20 years of my life. Uh, yeah, it's weird, you know. Um, who knew? Who knew? I, uh, I, I just go be me, and a few people like it. I can't, I can't understand it, nor do I care to. <laughs> but uh, what a blessing, you know. Um, I learned so much more from my audience than they learned from me. Um, uh, and I've got the best audience in the world. Uh, our community is, uh, by our community, I mean those of us that are in the engineering profession, is a special profession and it attracts really cool people, so blessed on every level. How about um, yourself? What, How are you what, doing?
0: What? I'm doing great. Um, what happens that, because normally you'll hear someone will become a mixing engineer and they'll say, but I'm still in a band and I still do this and I still do this. What happens that makes someone decide, you know what, this is where I want to put all my focus, all my energy. I don't want to play guitar. I don't want to be yeah. the, the person out
4: front. You know what? I guess it's different for everybody, but for me, I, um, I was always, as a young kid, like, as a kid like six seven years old I found I remember being as interested in how the records were made as I was in the record itself so I like if I was listening to a Beatles record I'd, I'd mute the right side so actually I'd pull my mom's speaker <laughs> out, of the, out of the system and I'd listen for George Harrison breathing in between takes Wow! and I'd, and I'd try and figure out how they did this sound how they did that sound but uh, I, I, my mom taught guitar, so I was, I was playing guitar at a really young age and playing professionally at a really young age. And engineering seemed really complex to me. I had the, the quintessential proverbial attitude that what do all those knobs do? Well, I'll never <laughs> master that. <laughs> And I just kind of lucked in it, and over, over time, I, I learned the jargon and the vocabulary, because probably the hardest thing in the engineering profession is to learn the jargon and the terminology and and how to communicate uh, engineering-type things with other people. That was the hardest part, really.
0: What about the, the, the transition that you saw over the years from analog to digital and, you know, the, the change in, in the number of, of sliders and, and everything to, to where it is today? Did you just kind of roll with that, or, or was there any resistance? Uh, did...
4: No, my dad was very technical, uh, really good with electronics, and we would we would build our own uh, electronic stuff. Um, and I know you, I know people don't believe me when I say this, but um, I built my first computer um, probably around '69 or '70. Wow! Um, it didn't do anything, but it had. Switches on the front didn't have a keyboard, didn't have a uh, a monitor or anything, and, and um, I would have my friends come by just to watch me light up a six, a seven segment LED, you know, <laughs> have it count like from from one to one to zero, um, and uh, then I got a Commodore 64 and can still program it and uh, <laughs> and write code for it. Uh, so I, I I don't know why, probably because of Dad. Um, I've always just had an interest in gadgets and technical things, and um, I would walk up and down, the, or ride my bicycle up and down the street, and find a stereo and turn it into a guitar amp, or um, not not from being intelligent or anything, but just being curious. You know, I destroyed a lot of stuff, but uh, I've always just liked I've always just liked gadgets and the elect- electronic space. Um, and it was a very, 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 very early adopter of computers. I didn't know, I didn't know what they were good for. I, I just liked
0: them. <laughs> I just liked the. I just like. Just like messing with them. Yeah, the the curiosity factor yeah. just overwhelmed you and kept you coming back for more. Yeah, check
4: this out. We would sit around uh, the studio that I, one of the studios I got my start at in Atlanta, and and uh, one day I found a surplus NEC chip that was that was clocking at, I think, I, I can't remember if it was Ks or Megs, but anyway, the, it was a, one of the first original PCs, and it was, it was, I think it was like one Meg speed, <laughs> not gig. And I actually found a, a surplus NEC chip that was two Megs, uh, and my friends came and drove like hundreds of miles to see You it. struck gold. Now, what, are you, what are you looking to see? But it was just that kind of, enthusiasm for the process and then that same computer I could walk up to the console and EQ the snare drum in two seconds but I wrote some software that I could suck the the sample out of my Akai and then in the digital domain EQ it and put it back in and that process took between six and seven hours oh boy now I sat there and did that as opposed to just going to the console and and, and so I don't I don't know why that was fascinating to me, and I don't know why that gave me a feeling of probably didn't come from a good spot. I don't know. But
0: it but it led you to where you are today. So it, it it makes this next question about as ridiculous a question as I can think of. But it sounds to me that if you had to do it all over again, you would pursue the same track and not say you know maybe I should have done more with the guitar. Um,
4: I'll, let me answer your question a little a little on the oblique side. Um, Greg Gallman, a uh, great Florida boy like myself, uh, he was asked the question and the interviewer said, Greg, you know, you slept with Cher, you've, you've had the adoration of millions of people, you're, 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 uh, hey Rafa, Rafa Sardina. Hola, como está? <laughs> Uh, just if, if, if you if you're listening to this Rafa Sardina is one of my good friends gifted engineer and uh, so I'm prone to yelling out loud it's, a, it's, a, it's called engineers Tourette's uh, so and so the interviewer kept going and Listing his accomplishments, and and uh, Craig and Greg said, "Yeah, man, you know, I'm really blessed to live my life." And she goes, "If you could live your life over, what would you change?" And he goes, "Oh God, everything." <laughs> and uh, I think that's the way I feel. I, I uh, I've done a lot of a lot of stupid things, you know, and and I don't I don't consider it so much stupid as more just I have a curious mind and it leads me into trouble sometimes. <laughs> I've blown a lot of stuff up, but. Um, I'd probably change everything. I don't know. Who knows, you know? Well, I'm a what curious, I'm How would curious you guy, that? too,
0: and and I wonder, since I live in Tampa... I'm born in right on oh, Avenue. Oh my gosh, look at this. And we and we had to come all the way to Anaheim to meet. How about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm
4: Spanish. Outstanding. Wow. My, uh, my mom and dad are from... Uh, mom's from uh, La Coruña, right about Portugal, and dad's... know oh, dad's from there, and mom's from my studio, so I'm what's called
0: Basque. Also a bit of a Gallego. And you see, it's a small world after all, as they say within spitting distance of here at Disneyland and an hour to the east of us in Orlando, back home in Tampa. Yeah. Um, So, Dave, you know, we're talking about uh, the the early days of of Dave Pensado as a mix engineer, but boy oh boy, this this list of of people that you have mixed for, Bonnie Tyler, Kenny G, Michael Jackson, Kelly Clarkson, let me take another breath, (laughs) Afrojack, Beyonce, Elton John, Christina Aguilera, this is, this is a resume that goes that goes on and on, and, and all these are household names. Uh, in, in, and I'm glad to see that you smiled like that, because this, this has to be a true joy to get to work with the best. That, that, I mean, Michael Jackson, the king of pop, it begins and ends with him, in, in this reporter's opinion. Well, um, wow. Um, I,
4: I have so much respect for the engineering profession uh, and what I'm about to say comes from a position of humility and love for my profession. Um, I think those artists should should look at us as being cool, not us as necessarily look at them as being cool. We need each other. It's a symbiotic relationship. And um, I I don't have clients. I have good friends, and I fall I fall in love with with my clients. And and I. Um, i found over the years, treating each other equal produces the best results, you know? I I try and find ways to get the the confidence of the people I work with, and that allows me to do what I do best, which is to get millions of people to buy something, you know? And um, um, it's a blessing. I've never really had a bad client.
0: But you know, you just brought up an interesting point, because you are hugely important in that equation, so how do you get to a point where you tell an artist, politely, but directly, let me do what I do, you do what you do, please step out of the control room? You know what, uh, there's a there's a really fine
4: line between ego and arrogance. Um, uh, uh, or confidence and arrogance. Um, if, if you're playing basketball, there's no time left, and your team is down by one, and you've got two free shot, two, two free throws. Um, if you if you miss one, that's ego. If you make them both, that's confidence. That's the only difference. It's, it's nicely it's, it's, it's said. Nicely soul. said. It's a and, great analogy. Um, so I think uh, for me. Uh, I have so much respect and love for our profession, and I'm, I'm walking down the hall, down this corridor here in front of us at the NAMM show uh, on the way here, and I ran into two of my favorite engineers, and, and um, uh, Jack Joseph Lee and Chris Lord alge and we, we had a love fest. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be a part of this community. I'm not exaggerating, it's a, it's, it's a, a, a little tiny, great club to be in and and so we
0: help each other and we compete hard. It's not unlike many years ago in a former life. I used to work in the National Hockey League as a, as a public relations person, and we used to say, we are a close-knit fraternity. There are so yeah. many people out there that want Dave Pensado's job. There were so many people in those days that wanted Bruce Warzniak's job, and it's because there's only so many hockey teams and there's only so yeah. many PR people that can work for them. But It's that's a, good. It's a, it's a that's healthy good. fraternity, and, and as, yeah. as we talked about before uh, with Robert Dudzik and, and Rick Veers and Rick Allen, you know, it's it's a friendly spirit of, of cooperation and not yeah. competition we, we, get, we get out of control
4: sometimes, but, but that doesn't last long. We, we pull for each other mostly, um, um, at least my friends and I do, and um, um, it's a good support system. You know, at 4 or 5 in the morning, I might not be completely coherent. <laughs> and I, might, I might send a, a baseline over to a friend and say, hey, can you fix this for me? And he'll send it back, and I'll throw it on the record without credit. And I do the same for my friends, so it's, it's a good thing.
0: Talking with Dave Pensado, check him out online at www.pensadosplace.tv, P-E-N-S-A-D-O, Dave Pensado. It's pensadosplace.tv. He is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, so make sure you hit him up on social media as well. And with that, Dave, we will talk about Pensado's Place. My gosh. This is going to sound like I'm blowing my own horn, but in fact, I'm doing the exact opposite. Um, three years, over 150 shows, listeners in 124 countries, and I feel like a complete failure because five you have years. you have five years, you have 210 episodes, you have over 150 tomorrow. countries. We're celebrating 300 so, tomorrow. Yeah. So, uh, amazing. And, and, and here's the part that really puts me to shame. You have monthly viewers between 550,000 and 700,000. I looked just before we started this interview, you have 163000 subscribers on your YouTube channel I think you got wow. this thing figured out I think you nah. got this thing
4: figured out you know what it's, 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 hey Craig it's not so much a, a, a testament to Pensado's places it is a testament to the thirst for information and knowledge that our little segment of the audio world has generated uh, who knew and I think, I think if you look at the photography world Nobody really cared much about photography, but then the one the half megapixel camera came out, and everybody's taking pictures like crazy. Then the one megapixel camera comes out, and 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 it, 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 everybody's going, "Wow, this is amazing!" And then Photoshop comes out, and all these all these substitutes for for dark rooms and stuff. And then fast forward, all those people that adopted those things in the in the '90s are now buying, you know, Canon uh, Canon. Uh, Canon cameras, Nikon cameras, uh, SLRs. Very quietly, GarageBand came out, Reason came out, all these free programs came out uh, that allowed people to record music on their laptops. And then next thing you know, they want to make a little better sounding music. Next thing you know, they're, they're putting a song behind the video of the kids and they want it to sound pretty good. And fast forward, now it's, there's an explosion of people wanting to be engineers. Just look at the number of schools and I think it's a, it's a, it's a blessing from technology that, 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 that it's flattened the space out and, and there's access to everyone, to the audio world and we didn't have that before before you had to have two or three thousand just to get in a studio yeah, yeah. now you can just buy a laptop and you're there and i think that's a wonderful thing
0: and i was going to ask you because obviously so so many people uh, but again i wonder does it get back to that discussion about um arrogance because, because <clears throat> it is so accessible these days everyone thinks well oh, i've got a laptop all i got to do is get garage and i can record myself at home i don't need a studio but um, that's true it's true, but is there also a, 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 a part of that equation where you say, "Look, don't just do it because you think you can, because it's not going to come out sounding the way you want it to." No,
4: do it, do it. Doesn't matter whether it sounds good or not. There's the process that's fun and it's enjoyable. And if you make a good record and a few people like it, or a good tape, a few people like it. Yeah, that's enough. There's a there's a concept that that because there's an infinite, almost an infinite amount of of uh, planets and stars out there that there has to be life on one of them and if you take that same logic because there's so many doing so many people doing music right now the, the greatest music that's ever been made is being made right now and I believe that's true but conversely the worst music that's ever been made is being made <laughs> right now and we're at a position where just like in the art world, turns out the kings and queens that, that determined who was an artist didn't do such a bad job. The colleges right now and universities are not doing a very good job. They put out a lot of intellectuals that don't really understand art. But uh, turns out the record companies were not doing that bad a job of filtering stuff. And so now the playlist is the new record company. And so instead of instead of um, going to the radio or going to a, your favorite Um, record company you find your favorite playlist and then that's the new record company but
0: but let me put you on the spot and say when you say the best music is being made today you talked earlier about the Beatles and people would challenge you and say no the best music was the Beatles well some people should say that because we're we're we're
4: blessed by our childhood and backgrounds and we're also cursed by it what usually what makes you great is what makes you fail and um um I think it's completely normal for my parents to think Frank Sinatra was better than the Beatles. It's perfectly normal for my parents to not be able to set the time on a VCR It remained at 12 o'clock. I think it's perfectly normal for the older generation to say things are moving too fast. And I think it's perfectly normal for the younger generation to say things are just about right. And, and, and if you have a child today, it'll never drive a car. It will never drive a car. There won't be self-driving cars. The and car will and, drive and you just looked at me scared, and that's what I'm saying. We're, <laughs> we're, we're, we have to understand and overcome our generational prejudices. And, um, and, and when you see me next time, remind me I said that. It's hard. <laughs> uh, uh, like I said, and so, uh, the Beatles were great for their time. Uh, I think they're relevant now. I know that's heresy, uh, but but if you're if you're 25 years old, um, you don't respond to the Beatles the way I did. It's, it's a generational thing. Were they amazing and great? Absolutely. They're friends of mine, and 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 I've seen them live, and and I've worked with them. And uh, Paul McCartney helped me out with a show, sent us some videotape one year. Uh, but um, but. If you ask, if if you ask a, a 25-year-old, they'll acknowledge that the Beatles were good, but they've got their own their own music, their own slang, their own dress, their own heroes. Sure, and so, sure. I think that's a generational thing. Speaking of generational... Which is healthy and
0: normal, by the way. Of course, of course. Uh, we've had guests sit on this stage uh, today and yesterday and talked about um, their experience with Tascam products and talking about old reel-to-reel decks and things of that nature. Any Tascam stories of your own oh, a million chance? them. I could show
4: you a picture of my daughter at three years old in front of my 80-8, which <laughs> I love dearly. Um, um, had uh, the TIAC four-track cassette recorders, uh, two of them that I'd uh, do like uh, Sgt. Pepper's was on a four-track, and you take take one and record four tracks on it then you bounce those four to one track on number two machine, and then you fill that up, bounce it back to the original <laughs> machine, and uh, um, Tascam was always a part of our um, Recording lives and, and, and gave us. They, in some ways, they pioneered the home enthusiast and gave that person access access to the um, to the club, you know. And, and like I said, I think I, I support that. I, I benefited from it. Um, but yeah, great company between Tascam and TAC.
0: Um, and they were
4: pioneers.
0: We're just pioneers. about out of time, but I've got two final questions for you. We were talking about Pensado's Place. I know you uh, You talked to Keith Urban. You've talked to all kinds of guests, mixers, mm-hmm. producers, artists. Is, is there a favorite episode that stands out for some particular reason or, or, or a particular guest maybe that was a, a real highlight for you? Yeah, for the wrong reasons. Um, <laughs> um,
4: the drummer from uh, the Chili Peppers. Uh, when he jumped off the, the stage, he, he, I, I, was asked, I was talking to him about uh, ghost notes, because sometimes when you watch him play, he'll just move his kick drum pedal foot a little bit. The beater never hits the head, and I'm like, you use those to keep time, and he goes, nah, nah, nah. And, and so I said, I said, well, show me with your hand so that the audience can know what we're talking about. So he jumps up on the desk. And that was just wonderful moment. But then he, he, he jumps off the desk. I'll show you a picture when we get off. He's parallel to the ground, and he's heading right towards one of our expensive cameras. And I'm oh, no. looking at Herb going, this is going to be the greatest episode ever. <laughs> but he, he pulled up short and missed the camera. I like that episode. Uh, Chad, <laughs> an incredible human being and an incredible drummer. Um, Jack Joseph Puig's first appearance on the show, um, I count Jack as a dear, dear friend, and he helped me early on. Uh, that was that was great. I loved. Um, gosh, so many. Each one is so different. Um, usually, the usually the ones that that, that capture my imaginations. Um, well, let me, let me digress. I know I'm getting a little long for you, but if there were trading cards like baseball cards, but for engineers, I'd have all of them, <laughs> and I'd trade them with all my friends. Uh, I love engineers. I love. The community, and, and so all my friends are pretty well known mix engineers because I don't have a life. Uh, I'm in the studio every day, but uh, I like I like it when my friends come on. Uh, almost every guest I know, and I've been in the business a while, and, and it's just fun to hang with your friends. You know. So,
0: so then on a related note, um, you you mixed in won a Grammy for Mary J. Blige, Growing Pains in 2007. Is is winning a Grammy the pinnacle for you, or is, is it not necessarily an award that, that you consider to be a, a career highlight? Wow, what a great question. Uh, maybe too good of a
4: question. <laughs> um, Thank you. I think that Naras does a great job. Uh, music cares, uh saved the eyesight of an engineer friend of mine, and I think they do wonderful work, and I think NARUS should exist. Um, do I think there's room for improvement with NARAS? Absolutely. Do I think that they do as good as they can with the funding they have? Absolutely. I would have liked to have seen earlier on an attempt to get credits, you know, little things like that. And um, I think that um, winning a Grammy is is one of the coolest things you can do. We're in a changing world. And so, for me personally, inside the industry, a, a Grammy win doesn't have the same effect as outside the industry. So, inside the industry, the Grammy probably didn't raise my rate at all, but outside the industry, uh, like, I say, a, a, a rich tycoon from Europe. You can get an extra couple of Grams per mix. <laughs> for me personally, it was a way for my parents to understand what I did because they understand the Grammy. Yep, yep. And so so when I won it, um, it, it was a, it was really good. I support Naris 100%. We're not in competition with them on any level. We work with them and help them all the time. They help us. Uh, Neil, Maureen Droney, the whole gang love them. Outstanding, Dave, thank you ever so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Okay, man. Great job. Love the questions. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Uh, listeners, check him out online at www.pensadosplace.tv, And then make sure that you're following Dave on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also check out www.nhte.net and find us on social media as well. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to Now Hear This Entertainment on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, make sure you're subscribing, tell a friend, and listen to our next episode of Now Hear This Entertainment.